Hey guys, Caroline Ferguson here with Grateful and Company. So excited to share another story of some amazing people doing amazing things in Houston within the mental health community. Um, I have had the opportunity and privilege to be connected with some really awesome people um, as a product of our last podcast episode uh, with Sahar over at Own Your Voice. She pointed me in the direction of modern therapy and I was completely blown away after um, this amazing connection was made. I will let these awesome ladies and you know do the talking and introduce themselves, but just to kind of start out, Modern Therapy is this just unbelievable resource in Houston um, that just provides counseling and therapy and, and just opportunities to heal and um, to just get mental health help. And I just think what they're doing is absolutely amazing. I'm sitting here with Dr. B and Holly, who are just the powerhouses within Modern Therapy. And I'm going to let them go ahead and introduce themselves. So guys, you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are so excited to talk to you. Yes, and we are so excited to hear y'all's stories. So let's just jump right in, guys. We've got a list of questions um, that we are just going to blow through and um, have these ladies share their stories. So Dr. B, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Where to begin? <laughs> um, so I was basically just, I feel like born on fire to make a difference. And I think a lot of that, I hate to say, is kind of like born out of um, so many early years of feeling like I didn't belong or having a hard time finding my tribe or feeling really connected. Um, I'm wired a little bit more. I was always kind of like in the gifted programs and that's something that Holly connects with too. Of just, we were a little bit different and um, our, you know, even the way that we would kind of think or imagine things would always just seem, um, yeah, a little bit different than um, other folks. And so uh, there are just certain difficulties that I think that you experience just being a human being and trying to figure out who you are and, um, you know, what you're supposed to do. And so I think there were a lot of early experiences I had um, just within my own kind of pain and like mm -hmm. just like my, my own like coming of age story basically um, that made me feel like god like I really want to be providing spaces for other people and so that's what I that's that's really who I am that's really what I've been breathed for is creating spaces for other people to heal and come wow. into their own that's amazing I love that creating mm -hmm. spaces to heal and for people to come around that's really awesome um Holly who are you <laughs> well um I that's a great question. <laughs> um, I really resonate with a lot of what, what Dr. B said. Is just kind of I grew up in basically like the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. um, this tiny little town, North Texas Panhandle, like more cows than people, more more farmland awesome. than houses, <laughs> um, which was really cool. But it left me feeling very kind of understimulated and very much like a lot of thoughts in my head and like where are my people? What yeah. am I supposed to be doing? And like I never felt like I had the resources to really envision like all these thoughts in my head to make them come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, so after college, um, I moved to Houston and was kind of pinging around a little bit. I was a school teacher for a while and became a school counselor um, and really started noticing my desire to help, first of all, students was kind of my first heart, my first passion after college, um, just noticing that kind of teens, adolescents, and early um, college mm -hmm. teens, young adults, it's just, it's a hard time where there's just like so much change, rapid yeah. fire, like your body, your mind, your family structure, your routines are just changing, changing all the time. And so I just really like to be that safe space for them as well, a place that they could come and just talk and not feel like judged or they were going to get in trouble or that they were misunderstood. Um, and that really is one of my favorite things about working at Modern Therapy 
I was thinking on the way here, just I think we're in kind of a cool space, specifically in regards to college students, because we're like a, like an in-between kind of, like I would say like we're, most of us who work here are like mid to early 30s, mm -hmm. you know, and um, we're in that space where like we get what like 18, 19, 20-year-olds are talking about. We're kind of living in that same world, but we also have, you know, 15 years of yeah. life experience and reading and studying to offer us just a little bit of a, an edge of wisdom. And it's kind of weird to say I feel wise, but I love helping college kids specifically. It's like, no, like I know what you're walking through. I can relate to that and to give them that safe space to talk about things. So wise. <laughs> so, so wise. <laughs> so wise. I love that. Yeah. I think you guys are insanely unique just because, A, I mean, the complete environment here is one that I've never stepped foot into. When I think of therapy, sometimes I think of like laying on a couch and, you know, potentially a very bright room and somebody with um, a clipboard sitting there taking notes as I talk and stare at the wall. But this is like, Guys, I wish you could see where I'm at. Like, this is the <laughs> coolest space ever. It's just so calm. I immediately walked in. Um, Holly made me a great cup of coffee. <laughs> Y'all, they have seat pillows here. Like, it's the <laughs> coolest thing ever. It's seriously so cool. Um, okay, so Dr. B, you talked a little bit about your love for just creating spaces for people. What led you, what led you there? You know, why do you do what you do? Oh my gosh, it's such a, especially when the, it came to the creating spaces thing, that was the oddest planting of seeds from watching Good Will Hunting. And so it's actually, yeah, um, it, for folks who may not have, have seen that, you have to watch it. It's so special. And the kind of therapy that they do in that movie to me, like, was just so incredibly inspiring. Because basically the story is this, you know, this um, kid who's absolutely brilliant, but kind of troubled in his own way. Um, there's a professor that, you know, in some ways just becomes this mentor and wants to see him come into his own. But he's like, you gotta, you gotta get your shit together, basically. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say that. No, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, tries to get all these different therapists to, like, work with this kid. Yeah. And it's, like, therapist after therapist. And they're so brilliant and so talented. But, like you said, have this kind of approach that doesn't really work. It doesn't really connect and, like, get to this kid. And so um, finally, it's kind of this last-ditch effort. And so it's, it's Robin Williams that plays mm -hmm. the therapist. And so um, they end up getting the two of them together. And he's pretty non-traditional. And in some ways, it's how we are too. Like we're yeah. so incredibly grounded in theory, and we're all like so dedicated to craft and like very, very um, focused on the intellectual side of, of everything. Um, but the way that we approach it is so much from the heart. And um, we talk like people because that's. Which is are. good. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was the breakthrough. And that was, it was the relationship. It was the, here's someone that I can trust. Yeah. And so um, I, re I remembered um, watching that movie and um, I just had this super romantic just vision in my mind of, you know, God, but just what a special place. And I, I really yeah. needed that at the time. You know, this, this place that you can walk into and no one's going to judge you there. And so even as you talk about the aesthetics or the decor, yeah. like all of that's really intentional. You know, because that's part of space too. Like it's not, I mean, a part of it is um, how you feel, you know, even right. as soon as you walk into a space um, and then having that consistency and like the way that your therapist like really cares about you, yeah. wants to understand you and see you and, you know, hear all of the things that, you know, they carry inside you that you don't normally talk about. So, yeah, um, yeah it's um, holding space is profound. Um, and I think it's just, I think we need that to be seen as people. I, no, I resonate with that so much. And I remember 
I know a lot of you guys that are listening are students, um, and a lot of you are students at U of H. And I remember being, I mean, I'm a recent graduate, obviously, but I remember um, utilizing the mental health resources at U of H, and uh, my therapist at the time, her name was Katerina. Katerina, shout out to you. You are amazing. <laughs> I loved you very much. Um, Katerina, that was, that was one of the reasons why I kept going back was because she cared about me mm-hmm. and she it wasn't just a okay we're going to go through this survey and i'm going to ask 20 questions and i'm going to put it in a binder and we'll pull it out next time i see you it was no it's like caroline really how are you caroline mm-hmm. you know you're not okay and i can tell you're not okay and um there was a very real human element there and it's so important especially when people are opening up about you know parts of their heart and parts of their life that are probably hidden most of the time mm-hmm. and not a lot of people know about um, that human element was why I went back to Katerina and that human element was why when Katerina left I didn't go back because mm-hmm. I didn't have that anymore mm-hmm. and that was so hard mm-hmm. you know there was a very real I don't want to start over and uh, that was very very hard for me to come to terms with um, but for the time that was there and I was going oh my gosh that's that's why I came back was because of that human component um Holly why are you here why are you doing this what uh, brings you back every day mm. um well I will never forget whenever I stumbled upon modern therapy and met Dr. B it was like I would jokingly tell this story like speaking of the aesthetic mm-hmm. of this place when I came here for my interview to meet Dr. B it was when they have an event here called second Saturdays where all the artists are here and it's just Sometimes there's food trucks, sometimes there's live music. It's just like heaven on earth. (laughs) And that particular Saturday that I came to interview and meet Dr. B for the first time, it was all open, it was sunny, all the artists were here. There was a man walking around playing a violin with roses in a basket. And I like walked in the door and he's playing a violin and he hands me a rose. And I was literally like, where am I? Like, this is literally heaven on earth. And I was kind of like wide-eyed walking in. So it was kind of a similar Mm -hmm. feeling of like, this is a magical space. Um, and then after working here for a while, I remember hearing Dr. B on another interview, another podcast she was on, saying that like that was her intention was to create like a magical space, a safe space that's kind of outside of the rest yeah. of the world. Like you can step in here and like this is a safe place, you're a safe person. You don't have to be any kind of way. You don't want to be. You can be relaxed. You can be angry. You can be sad. Whatever it is yeah. that you need to kind of work through in that time you have with your therapist is really special. Um, and yeah, I keep, I keep coming back because honestly, I didn't know there was therapy like this until I started yeah. working here. Um, and B and I have had the conversation before about kind of, because um, I, I kind of like stumbled around, like what, how do I want to practice with people? How do I want to work with people? Sure. And one time she asked me, because I kind of started in a different realm, more coaching mm-hmm. um, people, which I love too. It's definitely a wonderful service, um, life coaching and business coaching, executive coaching, all that kind of thing. I love it. But I kind of just barely dipped my toe into actual therapy world. And she be asked me, she's like, well, why, why not therapy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, because I didn't realize there was therapy like this. I had that kind of stereotypical yeah. vision of therapy that you had mentioned earlier. I yeah. didn't really have any desire to practice like that. Um, like, I want to be a real person who talks to real people in a beautiful space and everyone feels comfortable and they're open and they're really motivated to work on themselves. And, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of therapy that you do here. And it's, it's just like I never knew this existed. And every day I'm like, wow, this is a... It's just amazing that we get to do what we do. It's and it, uh, I can't say enough how important it is too. I've I've gone through like I've been on the other side of of therapy, receiving it in all different kind of stages of my life, and I vividly remember being a very little girl after losing my dad and going to therapy because 
going through losing somebody to suicide at nine is very, it's, it's like a, it, it completely changes your world. It changes every, it changes your perspective and, and just the, the grieving cycle is different because I don't know. I, I felt like I didn't have a scapegoat. I didn't understand depression. I didn't understand any of this. I grew up in a very normal home um, and not to say depression isn't normal, but it, we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't normalized. We'll just put it that way, but still so present. And I vividly remember going to my therapist at the time. Her name was Jill. Jill, it, it was the human element was there even still. Mm-hmm. She was she was willing to meet me where I was, this little girl who didn't understand anything. And all I knew was I lost my best friend. And in some weird way, he chose to leave. And I didn't get that. And I didn't understand any of it. But she met me where I was. And she met me where I was every time I came. And there was no expectation to be a certain way. And there was no expectation to grieve in a certain pattern. Um, and that was crucial. And I think so many of my little years were healed in such a, a very beautiful way because the person that I got to talk to met me where I was. And I was confused. I was so confused. Um, but I have uh, just an endless amount of respect and gratitude for her for meeting me where I was. Kind of like how you guys are describing. There's no expectation that you walk in the door like, step one, you're here. Congratulations. Like, oh my gosh, you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, Okay, so let's dive into kind of positive mental states. Um, And I'd like to get both of your perspectives on this. Why do you think maintaining a positive mental state is so crucial and important? (laughs) I feel like looking at Holly, she's our queen of positive (laughs) positive thinking. Because it's crucial. It's everything. It's crucial all the time. Yeah, right. It, it, for, I mean, the word that's coming up for me is, is mindfulness, and just because kind of, you hear a lot of talk about you know positive thinking and yeah. like, be positive, just which is a great way to be. But I think where a lot of people step one, step zero is like you have thoughts. What are they? What are they like right now? Do you even know? Like yeah. most people have zero awareness of the thoughts that are running through your head all the time. I always quote the statistic, who knows how true it is, but you know, you have 60,000 thoughts a day and most of us know three, you know, like it's mm-hmm. very hard for us to kind of like get a hold of what we are actually thinking. And for a lot of people, once they finally kind of tune in to the mental chatter, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my gosh, like it is so negative. I am talking to myself in this tone of voice that is beating myself up, that is shaming myself, that is criticizing me day in and day out sometimes tens of thousands of times a day, just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I will never forget when I finally tuned into my mental chatter. I was running one day at my CrossFit gym and I heard myself like berating myself. And I'm like, whose voice is that? And I'm like, yeah. why in the world am I talking to myself like this? I would never speak to another human being like that. Um, so that was a really like light bulb moment for me. And then I've done a lot of work to really change that mental chatter to be where it's either I always say like neutral or nice to myself. Yeah. So really being that kind of like self-compassionate voice, being your best friend, being your cheerleader, being the pep squad. Um, if you can cultivate that within your own self, it's awesome if you can find a community of people and support around you to add to that. Yeah. But if you can like have it all within your own head, it all within your own being, like then you're going to be unstoppable. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And I think also, and maybe this can, this we're going kind of off script here just a thought that I had I found myself this morning actually thinking of everything I was fearful of and and it felt 
just like this endless cycle of like self-doubt and insecurities that just like I'm driving to work and I'm sitting in traffic and then all, all of a sudden it's like boom all this stuff um but for me something that I've it's always been really helpful is acknowledging them like yeah you exist I see you I hear you but uh you're not gonna stop me and like I'm working through this and um, I recognize you're here and I recognize where you come from but sorry I don't have to listen you know I can I'm gonna overcome this um do you think it's also as important to acknowledge then you know sometimes the negativity we might feel to work through it or um I don't know what are your thoughts on that if you have any oh my gosh there's so many interesting theories and i think they would say different things about them for mm -hmm. you know like from a cognitive behavioral perspective the idea is to really examine them and look at them and you know yeah we were just talking about that like literally mm -hmm. like yesterday that's so funny and that can I, I think that's like an especially helpful practice when people are like like writing you know or yeah. journaling and like finding it kind of like untangle mm -hmm. some of the thoughts because at the end of the day like we really start to identify these like kind of core underlying themes or there's kind of these like common messages that we start to tell ourselves and mm -hmm. it might be you know certain things around um you know you know kind of shaming ourselves mm -hmm. for not performing or whatever you know um we'll have kind of these like just similar stories that basically want to emerge other theories that are and i would say especially a little bit more recently mm -hmm. include a lot of the mindfulness component which is a lot about noticing like, let me just notice that these things are happening yeah. because it's still going to pull me out of my own life to take the time to argue with them when they're full of crap anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, it's kind of like arguing with a bully or like, you know, that's still going to take up energy for me. And so what if I just noticed when that started to happen yeah. so I don't spiral with it and then see how can I like reshift my focus into whether it's taking a, a positive you know, step in the direction mm -hmm. that I would prefer to take things in, um, or something a little bit more just kind of on in the present moment yeah. type of a thing, just to kind of shift gears into something else. I honestly find both of them to be really helpful. Yeah. More of a thing of timing. So like I said, like the journaling can be so helpful because you discover, that's how you discover a lot of the stories. Mm -hmm. But if I'm in the middle of a party, I'm not going to like, you know what well, I mean? Like, Yeah, I'm not going to do all that, you know, but I might like, notice and be like, okay, just try to focus on the conversation yeah. that's happening here, you know? And I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we touched on this because, um, I don't know, it's just something I was thinking about and, and uh, I, I, that there was some importance behind like you said noticing it and I, and I guess there is everybody sure. that's listening that um for what that's worth I always think too it's sometimes it's like too big of a jump and my clients and I discuss this like to go if you were feeling really like negative fearful anxious whatever that might be yeah. to go from like man I suck as a human being to like I'm awesome your, your, your mm -hmm. brain is smart I always, I always think it has kind of like a, a bull crap meter it's like mm -hmm. and it like does not input that super positive message because it doesn't mm -hmm. believe it at that point you know so it's like, how can we acknowledge, no, like, I hear that negative thought and I'm just going to try to like, at least get it to like a neutral, like I'm a human being who's doing my best. Yeah. You know, like you said, like try to get them to a neutral place and then maybe a few hours, a few minutes, a few days later, right. I might be able to accept that positive thought about myself. That is true, but we can't go from zero to like a thousand right. in an instant. You know, we have to Absolutely. really work our way up there. And I think too, I was on uh, my friend Sean McCoy's podcast last week called the Come to the Table podcast where we just talk about a lot of kind of uncomfortable topics and we were talking about suicide because suicide is uncomfortable um, and I was reminded at how when um, going through that as a little kid processing the anger that I felt after it not you know like there was the sadness but there was also the anger and, and there was a lot of shame and resentment as well um, 
because it didn't feel normal at all. And I remember um, going through those emotions and being told, Caroline, don't ignore them. You know, if you suffocate them, they could potentially come back later and bite you in the butt. Acknowledge them and, and uh, just be aware that, yeah, you're feeling this. Try and figure out why. Maybe explore it a little bit, um, but let's work through it. You know, don't be angry forever. Don't be resentful forever. Um, don't be shameful forever. Because at the end of the day, your dad's life was one to be celebrated. And he died. And he was sick. That was like the big message. It was um, depression equals like, it's there's a sickness there. Mm-hmm. It's There's a legitimate sickness. It's not this magical thing anymore that's just so abstract we don't understand. It's a thing. Um, okay, so let's talk about gratitude. So Grateful and Company, we try to equip people with vessels of gratitude. That's our whole mission is to empower radical gratitude with the intention of ending suicide. Um, we just want to start conversations like these with people who may need help and um, help bring more resources to them through the sale of our products, which are all gratitude vessels. So let's talk about gratitude for a second. Um, thoughts on physical gratitude, doing something about it rather than just thinking it, um, or is thinking it just as powerful as practicing it? What do you guys think? Oh my gosh, all of it, just <laughs> all of it. It's funny because like even your question around positivity as I'm looking at Holly, because I'm just, I'm, ex- I'm like everything on the existential side. So I'm like, I like, <laughs> I'll go in the darkness first, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about how like life is hard and there's suffering yes, and all of these yes. things. Like, that's kind of more the place that I'm up to go to. And let's like normalize that these, that we go through some very, yeah. very challenging life experiences. And so it's funny because I feel like I'm literally those two things connected. Like I'm so in touch with human suffering and you know things like death and dying and like all of that um that it makes me just explode with joy and like the desire to be so grateful and want to spread that with other people just because I feel so in touch with this idea that like this is all we have so we might as well be super kind to each other yeah and so whether or not it's like I I you know I I really appreciate it sometimes my husband looks at me like I'm crazy but you know it'll start like raining outside and I'll just be like stop you know turn off the tv I'm like amazing yeah this is amazing oh my gosh I'm so like stereotypical I'm like double rainbow person I love it I love it oh god that's so (laughs) me and it feels great feels great to like acknowledge and just soak all of that into your soul you know um and at the same time it's just like god what a beautiful meaningful thing to spread that to other people you know so it's kind of like great to experience those things on your own but um man we just multiply that soon as we start like setting that into action mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely I just I my thought always goes to you know why would I keep it to myself mm-hmm. like why would I keep it to myself like there's so many amazing things like the fact that we're humans the fact that we're alive the fact that we're breathing oh my gosh mm-hmm. like a privilege denied to so many who would we be to waste that mm-hmm. like oh my gosh um, you know like there's gas in my car and a roof over my head and we have AC in this room something denied to so many people um just who would we be to not share it i were i'm huge i can get on a soapbox about physical gratitude just because i also think that there's power in writing down what we're grateful for rather you know whether that be journaling or like maybe keeping a gratitude jar or writing thank you notes um i think there's power in the written word too um does something like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like does something happen mentally for us when we write stuff like that down? 
Sometimes, okay, you're nodding, Dr. Drew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And not because um, I can speak to it in any kind of eloquent or like knowledgeable way at all. It's because I've been told that by somebody else. <laughs> well, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so someone else told me like a couple of times um, that, yeah, it is a different part of our brain that gets activated. Mm -hmm. And so we do process it differently Absolutely. whenever we're writing. And you'll feel that. Like even when we talk about um, like journaling mm -hmm. and people be like, I write it down like even typing isn't the same mm -hmm. oh, no. I feel like I still process it differently like put a pen in my mm -hmm. hand and take the time it's like with school right they always say notes. like write notes yeah. because I you'll remember there's yeah. muscle like more neuromuscular connections mm -hmm. you know like you're it's using a literally right <laughs> like so many more muscles like in your fingertips and your hand and your forearm it's like yeah. having to like make a message in your brain like to the actual muscles in your body it's like an experience yeah like it's not just this this fleeting thought like you were talking about earlier we have mm -hmm. this mind chatter that we don't really intentionally pay attention to mm -hmm. intentionally pay attention to that makes sense um when we write it i guess it becomes this whole like this body experience mm -hmm. we have to use other components of our being yeah. um which is important so do you um okay so quick question then we're gonna dive into a deeper question what's your favorite favorite way to practice gratitude mm. that's a great question if you have one I, I was just thinking of earlier when you were talking about why would i keep this inside yeah that was another pretty transformative moment in my life when I used to be maybe like shy for lack of a better word like not like talk to strangers as often or yeah. not I realized all the things I wanted to be saying were really nice and I'm like why am I keeping this inside like someone would walk by with like a really cute shirt and I would just be like mm, I'm not gonna say anything and they're like why why would you not be like oh my gosh I love your shirt or like yeah. hey that was a really good workout we just had or you know why would you not just like engage with people right. at, at, at a human level so I do think that like makes me really filled with gratitude just those like human connections throughout the day yeah um and trying to be intentional about like speaking to people uh, I've kind of been noticed for a few years and especially since starting to work here and working with all of our clients hearing how many people feel like really lonely and really sad throughout the day and feel like they're not getting any human connection right. throughout the day that makes me feel really impactful and grateful to be able to offer that to people just like a hi or like yeah, it's what, what are you reading? What are you listening to? You know, just starting yeah. that human conversation with people. The voice, like we have such a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. Each and every one of us, we each have such a powerful um, word to speak with our voice. Yeah. So just using that starting conversations is huge. I love writing thank you cards. Mm -hmm. I just love that. And I and I love um, receiving them. And I just think that they're so cool. And I think if I had to have a favorite way to share and receive gratitude, it would be through thank you cards. But mm -hmm. what about you, Dr. B? Favorite way to favorite way to share gratitude oh god a good thank you card Ooh, that goes a long way um for whatever reason some of the big things that stick out to me just in my own personal practice is just physically being able to feel it and especially in the quiet moments in my own house when i think back on like just different places that i've lived they're always like the most random things that i love so i lived in the woodlands for a little while mm -hmm. and um one of my favorite things like the window like the sun would just come in perfectly mm -hmm. and just have this like hot perfect little Aww. square of carpet and I would just stand there <laughs> and just it's kind of like you know when like you pull clothes out of the dryer and you're yeah. just like oh you just like hug it for a second like that's what that felt like to me and I'm just like this is delicious <laughs> you know and the same thing like you know moving to the heights and um I have this magnolia tree I just Oh, my God. And I could just see the way that it's, like, branches would sway from my kitchen window. And, like, yeah. that magnolia tree was, like, life for me. It took so much to move just because of that dang tree. tree. 
Yeah, and so I think it's just like those really um, physical ways yeah. of experiencing um, gratitude in the moment. I love that. A tree. You love it. It's, it's crazy how like the little things can be so touching, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And not even other people. Like mm-hmm. it's just our environment sometimes. It's like, oh, very eye-opening. Very every eye-opening. time I leave here, we have a beautiful view of downtown. Like oh my gosh, we have the Truly every downtown. night. I walk out like as the sun is setting over downtown, I'm like... <gasps> It's like, and yeah, I'm like, thank you for my life. Thank you for this job. Thank you for this day. <laughs> like, it's yep. just like, it's true, like, overwhelming gratitude boost. Yes. Um, so, I work specifically, obviously, with college students and um, just creating an awareness amongst the college population about, you know, the need and, and getting help and how to get help and um, just kind of that whole world on bridging the gap between having mental health conversations and then helping college students actually get help. Um, so, two-part question here I would love to learn about how um, modern therapy could potentially be a resource for college students in getting help and then also um, do you have any advice for a college student who might be struggling right now and and it's kind of stuck in this crossroad of I desperately need help and like I could get an appointment tomorrow with CAPS is what it's called at U of H mm-hmm. I could get an appointment with CAPS tomorrow but I can't get one the next day and I need that um, what advice do you have for somebody who maybe is in that situation? So two more questions. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a part of me that's still resonating with that last question that you had around like, what do we do? Yeah. Because there was um, a moment in there and right. And so one thing is every university is different. A lot of them do have a lot of groups that are ongoing. And um, so one thing I would encourage people, I love groups. They are totally um, intimidating. They are. Um, let's sit in a circle and like, I, I'm like, I don't even want to share my feelings with anyone, much less <laughs> like a group of people. Mm-hmm. But it is so powerful. And it's a different type of power too, you know. Um, you lose kind of that, the easy, like, I can't stand that people say it. It's like, you have to think that because you're my therapist. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I could totally not like you if I wanted to. <laughs> but like, I do, like I care about you so deeply. And so to hear that from a peer who like really owes you nothing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to be validated in that way, to get the, oh, me too. Um, there's something really, really tremendous about that. And um, that also enables you to establish relationships with mm-hmm. people. And so with that in mind too, um, you were asking earlier about holding space for other people. And it was reminding me of so many different people that really impacted my life during times of crisis, during times of hardship. Yeah. And a lot of those people were strangers. Like, I may have like some of the hardest moments mm-hmm. of my life, and it was just because someone was kind to me that like, I was like, God, like I'll still think of like very specific yeah. people and moments. And they were just pa- people like literally passing by and were just kind to me that day. I remember talking to um, an old friend, it had been so many years, and they had shared a memory that they had. They, they, were, they were thanking me for um, how I was with them in high school, which I had like blocked out the majority. <laughs> you oh, know? Me too. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so they were like, God, you know, I remember I was struggling so much and kind of like working through some of my own um, things related to my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember just sitting in the in like my truck with you, just like in tears. And you just sat there with me, and I was like, Oh my God! Like, you know, I, I didn't realize that that was such a profound thing for mm-hmm. you, just to have someone with you. And just kind of see you or care for you like in yeah. that moment and so the idea is that like we can do that for each other yeah you know mm-hmm. and so um that's the beautiful thing i think about whether it's groups or 
um, helping yourself get connected to just peers, just like other people who are just willing to, to do that. So I'm like so thankful for the moments that I've had for that in my own life. And there are, there's so many different ways that we can tap into that. You know, the, I think connecting with a peer group, have a community, have a tribe, or have a person, mm-hmm. have somebody that'll listen. That's, yeah. oh man, that is so cool. That's really, really cool. It reminds me, I love that movie, You Are the New Real Girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I finally saw it. It's one of my favorite movies. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a scene, long story short, there's a scene where there's a funeral, and um, Lars, the main character, Ryan Gosling, he comes back in the home, and there's all these like old women sitting in the living room, like knitting, and there's all this casserole around. He's like, what are y'all doing here? And they're like, we're sitting. He goes, why? And one of the women says, that's what you do when there's a death. You sit, and you just are. And he was like, I love that moment. It's like, that's what you do. Like, mm-hmm. I think like, you just be with people. You don't have to say, have the right words. You don't have to say anything magical. You're just there with them. You sit. You just sit. There's something really powerful about being present. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's, I feel it. I was connected to a youth, and he was a youth pastor, actually, a couple weeks ago, who one of the little girls in his congregation, she was nine, she was eight, which was weird because she's the same age I was when I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. Her dad committed suicide about two months ago. He just didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. He just he's like, I don't know, how do I, how do I offer comfort in this moment? What mm-hmm. he, and he was going to talk to her. Her name is Reese, and she's precious. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to go talk to Reese tomorrow, and I just don't know what to say. And so, we got connected, and, and he called me, and I told him my story, and I said, and his name is Brian. I said, Brian, you just got to be present. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you got to hear her, and you just be loved and be a human. Don't try and be anything else. Mm-hmm. Don't try to be anything other than that. But there's something very powerful about just being there mm-hmm. and being in that with her. Um, and he's like, wow, I was looking for some like profound word of advice mm-hmm. to give or like some uh, tangible, like, let's do this, 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 and this. But uh, I guess it, in the moment, it's easy to forget how impactful just being available is. Yeah, I think that's why, like, even that question around like the word like positive. Yeah. You know, um, I have such mixed feelings about it because, like, in the beginning, I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, because we can't maintain that. Right. And yet, at the same time, you know, during some of the hardest seasons of my life, it is, it was those, like, more hopeful, the more resilient thoughts that kept me together, even if it was just, like, by one breath, those thoughts are incredibly important to have to get on your own side. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, you know, with that in mind, too, I think there can be like a certain kind of feeding, like just culturally that we have, that um, it's a bad thing for people to feel bad, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's mostly, I think, our own discomfort. Someone's yeah. hurting, and I feel like I need to do something because it makes me uncomfortable that you're sad, yeah. you know, or just struggling through something. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's one of the biggest gifts that we can give to each other just as people, too, mm-hmm. is that's a, it's a normalization of like, you know, like the normalization of man I see that you're struggling I'm so sorry mm-hmm. you know I don't have to fix you mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have I don't have to always be working mm-hmm. towards fixing you I can be with you mm-hmm. in this I can be with you um, okay so this is the last question for you guys and we wrap it up um, if a student or anybody um, thinks that you know maybe somebody they love or somebody they know could potentially be suicidal and they're worried that maybe this is where that person's headspace and mindset is. Um, 
how can we help those that we love get help if they if they need it? If it's no longer a, I'm just going to sit here and talk with you, it's I'm worried you're not going to wake up tomorrow mm-hmm. kind of situation. How can we help those that we love get help? Mm-hmm. The reason it comes to my mind is when I was working in high school, they would always be you know training to professional counselors, like, don't be afraid to say the word suicide. Yeah. Because then it's so often you'll kind of like dance around it. Mm-hmm. And they're... they're if you give people an out, like they're not gonna off, they're not gonna say it to you. So a lot of times you'll have to ask your friend, like, are you feeling suicidal? Are you having suicidal thoughts? Because yeah. they're probably not gonna offer that to you a lot of the time. You're gonna have to be the one to, to say the word. Mm-hmm. And there's so much research they would offer us about. So many people don't want to say it. It's like, oh, I don't implant that in their mind. Like if oh. I if I say it, I might give them the idea and I hadn't had it before. Like a trigger or something. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like in the research it says that's really not the case. That you're not gonna like accidentally push someone into suicide because you say are you suicidal it's really freeing for them most of the time that you ask them uh, negative things that like they wouldn't have been able to say it but since you said it it can then they yeah they start to seek help mm-hmm. wow like a relief mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. yeah i we, we we don't have to hold that in anymore right mm-hmm. and say that out loud yeah um any thoughts dr b on that yeah it's it's interesting because you know when you're a psychologist one of the first things they tell you when you take your oral board exam is like to m- make sure that you tell the examiners that the first thing that you would do if there's a crisis is consult mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they were like say it three times though consult 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 <laughs> and so that comes to mind now because it's like it's so big mm-hmm. so even if it's one of the things of like I have a loved one um, don't feel like you're alone in that mm-hmm. you can consult and so whether it's even like you calling the crisis line being like hey I a loved one I don't know what to do I'm feeling mm-hmm. really overwhelmed and scared then you'll have someone who's a specialist who can walk you through what you can do or like how you're experiencing some of these things as well so you don't have to be by yourself as you do that mm-hmm. that's awesome that's actually the first time I've ever heard that like mm-hmm. if you if you have a loved one going through something like this and you're concerned about them you actually calling the whatever hotline or the mm-hmm. crisis a specialist just consulting and saying I don't know what I don't know what to Mm-hmm. and seeking like legitimate help in that moment mm-hmm. instead of just relying on your own mm-hmm. you know um, I guess mental capacity to figure out what question to ask like don't be afraid to get help to help those that mm-hmm. you love yeah. that's huge mm-hmm. that's really big and no expectation like how would you know how to handle that yeah. right. you know like, like there's you shouldn't in that moment you shouldn't like oh I should know what to do because none of us knows what to do we all have to even some of us work in the field like we would consult with one another like we all have to ask for help because mm-hmm. it's such a big big issue that we're like, well, I need some more eyes on this, I need some more hands on this, some more hearts on this, some more people surrounding this person so we can get them the help that they need. I think that's really reassuring too, and I love that you said that because, like, counselors and psychologists and therapists, they kind of, like, you're human too, mm-hmm. and there's this huge community element within even just those offering help and guidance. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, um, nobody has all the answers, and if we just completely isolate ourselves and assume that person A or myself has all those answers, then we completely limit our capacity to heal Mm -hmm. and to learn and to grow and to figure out new ways to conquer things and to go through things. And uh, there's just a lot of power in community. And I think that um, that's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. It's definitely resonated with me. And um, I just think this is awesome. And I'm so excited you both have been available and willing to share your story. If somebody that's listening wants to get connected with modern therapy, how do they do it? Uh, one of the easiest ways is just to check us out online. Um, so you can find us at mymoderntherapy.com. Um, we have submission forms. People can book online that way. 
um, but we're also really happy to help people get connected with resources in general. Um, and so, like, that's why you were asking, you know, like, what are different ways that people mm -hmm. can get connected in general? It, we, we get that it takes something to pick up the phone um, and finally make a decision to call someone. And so, um, we hope that people know that um, it's always a safe and helpful, like, well, that's our intent is to always yeah. be helpful in whatever someone needs. And so, even if someone might be low on resources, um, we'll help them get pointed in the right directions. Like, we'll, we'll recommend openpath.org a lot. It's a really great website to get folks connected. There's always help available, mm -hmm. so we're happy to do that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you both so much yeah, for being okay. here. You guys are awesome, and everything y'all do is awesome. Mm -hmm. I have an insane amount of respect for you both, and just this tribe that you both have built, um, and just and the entire team here. This, yeah. this was just amazing. Um, and to my audience listening, as always, thank you a million times over for being present and for being here and for taking the time to, to hang with us through this entire chat. Um, I'm endlessly grateful for you and, and your um, presence in this community that Grateful and Company has built. We're on a really big mission, and the mission is to end suicide. And if you've been keeping with us long enough, um, you've heard that over and over and over again. Um, and for our new listeners, if you don't know, Here's our mission. We're going to empower radical gratitude, and by doing that, we're going to save some lives. Um, we're going to point people in the direction to get help. We're going to make resources more accessible and available, and we are going to fund a heck of a lot of suicide prevention programs at U of H, and one day, some more permanent counselors. We've got big goals and a big vision and a big dream, and none of it would be possible without you guys. So endless gratitude to you all. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for some more stories that we share on this platform. Um, and as always, just stay tuned. We've got a lot of exciting things coming. And thank you. Thank you for being here and choosing that intentionally. Bye, guys.